0: Back along the rails, Capset he comes into the race nicely, Van Winkle for Ross presents in the middle of the track and Chicago trying to join him down the outside. Grand Symphony muddling back along the rails. Capset,
1: Van Winkle. And Chocolco coming home hard down the outside. Van Winkle, he's been a non-winner, but today he's going to take the Brady Caulfield Cup for Alicia
0: Ross and gets home by a length and a quarter. Capset, big run. Grand Symphony in the third. Chikolka
1: the real Corfield Cup run and won over the weekend by... The one and only Van Winkle, trained by Mark Oates for Richard Simpson, ridden by Alicia Ross. A well-timed one. He uh, won in dominant fashion, actually breaking the track record for the 1,400 metres there at Caulfield. It's time for tonight's Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast. Andrew Watts with you here. As always, joined by Max Tanks. Good evening.
2: Yeah, good evening. I I hear uh, the Godfather referred to him as a non-winner in his call to send and probably did have a little bit of that brand didn't he I mean he had 17 seconds to his name leading into this race so uh no it was great to see him break through
1: and uh, as always Brooke Richardson joins us this evening uh Brooke good evening now tonight's question posed by Maxie here is uh you've just headed into two weeks of quarantine how are you gonna pass the time
0: Yeah, look, I'd probably end up in a mental institution with a four-year-old. Two weeks locked inside. I've got a job to keep him inside of an afternoon and in the morning just to eat dinner and breakfast. But, look, I'd say having a kid, it would probably be a bit more extreme. I reckon we'd have to um, make sure we had the Nerf guns on hand and have some Nerf gun wars and possibly... um, build some forts and things like that so nothing too crazy just a bit of fun i reckon you'd have to do something entertaining that's for sure
1: Right, right i'm actually i'm posing this to you as just you in quarantine
2: just you in quarantine and you told me to keep it pg once I sort of start on like things like conspiracy theories, I always end up deep down rabbit holes and oh, that sort of thing. So yeah. I, I'd love to just go for some deep dives through some you know conspiracy theories or something like that, and you don't even have to believe them, but you just love getting worked up into them and, and reading about them and that, yeah. and probably binge a couple of good TV shows. But yeah,
1: yeah, I'd be lining up a few series, few movies. Um, you have to get into a bit of a regime there, I think exercise-wise, wouldn't you? Otherwise, you would just crawl up but the wall. But what could you do? You know what I mean?
2: Like, uh, running up and down on the spot until the people below you... you I hate like, squats.
1: Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> like, I <laughs> find myself, I
0: would just get fat because i would probably just watch TV and eat. <laughs> what, is,
1: what is the room service protocol? I mean, do you get hungry? Do you just call up for a burger or is it like being in jail? I think they give you,
2: like, a certain amount of food, but if you want... I think you can order like Uber Eats and that sort of stuff and they can like deliver it to you, but it has to be like no touch or something. I don't know. I I think that's what you can do, but the food. There'd
0: be no Uber Eats out here
2: if you (laughs) were. Eagle Street Pizza delivered. (laughs) Oh, gee whiz.
1: Right, let's get into the thick of the action from the weekend. And you heard the Caulfield Cup there in the call. It was Van Winkle. Great to see him win. Um... I know he's scratching a few heads around the oats stable with Richard Simpson, but uh, a good win. And I'll go to you, Brooke, you have ridden Van Winkle. He's got a couple of tricks.
0: Yeah, he's a funny type of animal. He sort of um, likes to run his own race and uh, be left alone as much as possible, actually. Uh, a long time ago when I had a win on him, and I've rode him a couple of times since, and it just it really didn't work out for him. He's one of them horses. If something sort of gets in his way or something goes... Um, unplanned <laughs> yeah it makes it harder for him to win but I think Alicia got um, a perfect perfect advantage there the other day at Caulfield and he had plenty of running room and he could get into his rhythm and just be left alone and um, find his feet working up into the straight and have a nice um, solid run home and he, he pipped them on the line so congratulations to the stable and um, yeah Alicia Ross rode the horse uh, much to how he suited
1: Back to race one. It was a maiden at set weights with the cutest bonus and bang the cutest monies went off with better not blink uh, for boy Foster and Timmy Brummel, a formidable combination. A big winner too, five and a half lengths over crazy suspects just waiting to win a race and Tora Summy, I'm gonna tip it in the I'm gonna tip it on Tab Day next week. And Tora Summy in third. But better not blink, uh, Boy Foster has a knack of heading up to the northwest and taking the lot.
2: Certainly does, and we see that combination of um, Boy and Timmy Brummel teaming up again. Uh, this was a really good win um, for this horse, and um, I think we spoke about it last week. I said, "Crazy Suspect" win next start, but another second to add to the name—a <laughs> bit like Van Winkle with the seconds, but um, maybe next start.
1: <laughs> a couple of nice horses produced by Denise Ballard, both ro- ridden by son Dan on the day. Will beat it in the Jimmy Jackson colours uh, wins again. I think that's four straight in a sub. A minute run there over the thousand, beating Reward the Rain made for Tony Schofield and Jason. Missing that horse will be winning soon. And Music Award back in third, and the other one of those Maxi was in the last and Shivkani. Uh, I think it was third up this prep, two and a half length winner in a quick 45 2 nine over Dollar Dream Lively. Last the margin two and a half there, as I said. But uh, Denise and Dan Ballard, what a combination!
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, speaking of that winner, Shiv and I know it was in a Class B, but it was impressive um, at Huandan also to start before. Uh, so backs up that form there over the Flying 800, and um, similarly in the 1,000 metres of Will Beat It. Um, now in the care of Denise Ballard, uh, formerly. Um, in the Jackson stable, but it uh, certainly hasn't lost any of its form. It's, uh, like you said, four in a row now, and it just keeps um, hitting those goals and progressing through that grade.
1: It was a Todd Austin, Quinella in the Northern Rural Group bracelet, which is a benchmark 50 over the 1,200 metres, but it was that song. He started at $1.90 for Todd Austin and Rick McMahon with the big imposed of 65 kilos, did the did the job. A length and a half over Reconis for Todd Austin and Alicia Ross and some two and a half lengths back to Sir Eagle in third for Denise and Dan Ballard. But that song, a newcomer to the Austin Stablebrook.
0: Yeah, he hasn't been there uh, all that long in the Todd Austin camp, but uh, he's doing well. He's a really nice type of animal. I think once you lay eyes on him, um, you'll be able to see that for yourself. He's well put together. He actually reminds me a lot of... Um, Media Vita to be honest uh, very similar build and just a real professional so I'm keen to see how far um, he'll go in, the, in that stable
1: and Reconis is a great story as well Brooke I mean the owners have been super patient with this horse and uh, look another win's not far away either
0: oh yeah look she's always uh, had ability she's just been super tricky uh She's a very difficult mare, one that um, she, it's like she's constantly in season. She's <laughs> she's a bit of a handful, um, but Todd's found the trick to her. I think, you know, we uh, probably do lighter work with her during the week and then give her a gallops and just leave her alone. Um, and, yeah, it's paying off. So I definitely think she's got ability, so it'll be interesting to see if she can put a few together.
2: One to watch from Caulfield, Maxie? Yeah, like you said, reward the maid. Uh, I was a... A massive effort running into second there, so uh, I wanted to put in the black book to follow. Uh,
1: Great Western Sprint Day at Tambo was uh, one of the six races set down for decision. It was also Ladies' Day, and here's the final 100, 400 even, of the Great Western Sprint. Zoukaz, Drayman still travels okay but here's Boingo presenting and Flash Fibian's had the easy run up on the inside and Angels of Fenway still there, 200 meters to go and Boingo's under the bat, Drayman's still there and look at Arcade spearing through the center, it's Boingo in front, Boingo and Arcade, Boingo in front, Arcade's gonna have a dive or a photo, photo, Boingo maybe just over Arcade third. Drayman, then we had Angels of Fenway on the inside there, would have been Zoukaz and last I think Boingo. He thinks Boingo, and it was Boingo winning the Greater Western Sprint there by a short half head over Arcade, which was a much improved run, and Drayman, who did uh, a lot of the hard work up front, uh, finishing in third but boingo maxi uh we know the story an emergency in the battle of the bush uh, around that cracking second at 200 to 1 there at eagle farm before failing at the sunshine coast back out here in the west now i did note yesterday it's the time of year she goes really well from now through until october
2: yeah it is um usually we see her really start to fire this time of year and um I know You are you, uh, pro- probably wondering, uh, why do you call a photo for a short half head? But you were well past the post there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, it was a great yeah. win. And I think that's um, a really just reward for Ghost. She's had an ultra-consistent year so far. Um, arguably should have won um, at Eagle Farm. Uh, probably a b- b- bit of an ordinary ride at the sunny coast and they come out to get the win. And the third feature in a row, three weeks in a row for the Little Stable after Ilf- the Willowie Cup, uh, taking out the feature at Blackhall the week after the Noel Allen Memorial and then uh, obviously the Greater Western Sprint here. So I know they've got their eyes on the on the Mudderborough Cup this weekend also.
1: Two irons in the fire there. We'll get to that a little later on. Let's have a look at the other five races, starting with the first. There's a benchmark 50 over the 1,000 metres, an elite grey for William Pugsley and Anna Bakos got the cash over Sparman and Lollipop Rocket, the margin 2.5 Lengths in that race Bacos jumping well from a centre alley And she carved across and gave nothing else a chance for
0: Yeah, great front running ride The horse likes to be free rolling And oh, just another funny type I think if you see it pre-race and behind the barriers It's a lively spark And I think Anna rode the horse really well And yeah, another one that's always shown ability I think it's just got a few little um, Attitude problems Which some of them can have when they're full of feet And um, rock hard fit.
1: In race two, it was a double to Bacos this time for old mate Shane Iverson with Braddock down. Start 25 saluting over the landing. Just a half length in that uh, finish there and the landing certainly close to a win. Sarah Tarley loomed with around 100 to go and peaked on its run. Just a length and a half covering the top three. But Braddock down. Maxie, another one for Ivo.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a great form turnaround as well. It was um, I think it was formerly in the Townsend stable, wasn't it? Um, mm. Peter Townsend from Auger Fall there. So um, now entered uh, the Iverson stable and, uh, yeah, this form turnaround that we said and Shane Iverson just keeps training winners, teaming up with Vanna Bakos in another win.
1: Right of the day in race three, went to calculated risk and John Rudd for riding for Craig Smith gee whiz he said catch me if you can he was led by about six turning for home he eased off a little bit and had enough in the tank to beat granola state by a length all too sweet was in third a length and a half away the run of the race certainly jerry zander in fifth there brooke but what's it like when you i mean you needed a pair of binoculars yourself to see the bunny
0: <laughs> yeah look i couldn't see anyone in front of me but that horse knows what he's doing he's been around enough and uh uh, yeah, he just started motoring and, and uh, kept finding the line. It'll be uh, awesome to see the horse back in its distance. Uh, he normally does get a tail on the jump. He will lay on the back of the barriers. So we normally do a couple of things to try um hold him off the back and, and get him a nice clean jump away. But um, yeah, it didn't all pan out and he missed the kick like he can do sometimes the old bugger, but... Yeah, definitely put in a good run.
1: As a punter and even a race caller, there's nothing better than seeing a tear-away leader and seeing them hang on. But what's it like riding in a race, Brooke? I mean, at one stage there, you would have been 16 or 17 lengths off the leader.
0: <laughs> oh, mate, and then throw in riding for your father. I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't want to come back in. I was just going to keep riding.
1: <laughs> we, uh... But um,
0: it, is, it is a high-pressure situation, I think. And uh, But I... I think when you're on a horse like I was that day, Jerry Zander, I could feel that he was just constantly winding up and he was going to hit the line. Um, so I had a little bit of confidence. I knew we weren't going to run a place, but we, were going, we weren't we were going to be far away. But, um, yeah, it's definitely not a nice feeling when you're on something that just really cannot tack on to the field at all and it's off the bit. Um, it's a bit nerve-wracking. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's easy to blame the jockey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we did f- forget to mention there, Boingo in that feature was ridden by John on Rudd, and that was uh, a double to one of the good guys in racing uh, Ruddy. Race 5, surprise selection, made it back-to-back wins for David Rewalt. Won last week at Longridge and backed it up there. On Saturday for the smiling assassin, Robbie Farr, one by a length and a half over stablemate Nixie's boy who's just screaming out for that fourteen hundred plus now. Cheeky chops, another really good run for Rodney Little and Morgan Butler, second last turning for home and went down three point three lengths for the winner. A length and a half up that sleeve and surprise selection. Rank outsider. Uh last start. Maxie started favourite there on Saturday.
2: Yeah, she did. Um and I suppose justified the the short price as well. Makes it two in a row and you know, I think this 1,400 is probably getting to a distance now as well, this fourteen sixteen hundred. 1,600. Uh, uh, Brooke obviously produced her really well on that benchmark 45 to, to get the win at the 1,200, and she's taken a lot of confidence out of it.
1: Now, uh, my winner of the day, and I'm not just being biased here, was in the treasures, Treasurer's treasures benchmark 65 <laughs> over 1,400. Get it out. I'm getting excited here. On the favourite, <laughs> Trump, me, Benny Waldron, Brooke Richardson combined. Uh, length and a bit over bris vegas who ran second enterprise grand in third but trump me settled that last and second last at the 600 turning for home at the 400 meter mark it was the one you wanted to be on brooke and look mark list down now i think he's a real cups contender going forward
0: yeah i'd have to agree with you there he just showed pure class um over the weekend and oh, definitely a tough horse we did settle back uh, about second last and last there in the run and uh you know, nothing came from there all day. This horse carried 63 and a half kilos. I just think it's a massive effort and um, definitely one in good fashion too. I didn't really have to um, get into him too much or punch him out too hard. You know, I only give him a couple up the shoulder and put the stick away and went back to hands and heels and he found the, ni- the line nicely. So, yeah, I definitely like this horse.
1: Maxi wants to watch out of Tambo.
2: Yeah, I touched on it on uh, local radio on Sunday, but I think Trump Me is probably one, one to follow. Like you said, um, probably going to be a big contender on the cup circuit uh, come you know come towards the end of the year. That provincial form that it had uh, when it was getting around Rocky and Mackay and that, I think mean, that's going to translate really well here, so one to follow.
1: Of course, 1st of August was on Sunday, and uh, happy birthday to all the horsey horses, not was going to, horsey horses, but horsey, big, <laughs> horsey big horse face, um, <laughs> uh, but also marks the end and the start of the new Premiership season, Max.
2: Yeah, it does, and I thought, well, what better way to celebrate the end of the season than to probably go through our, our top five performances um, of last season, so uh, whether they be memorable wins, uh, stories, training efforts, uh, there's um, probably a fair few to go through, uh, we'll start with you, Brooke.
0: Oh bugger um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually found this topic really hard, I mean I'm someone if it didn't happen yesterday I probably don't remember <laughs> um, but I think you can't go past um, if we're talking horses and training efforts, probably uh, um and also um, Bolante and horses like that but I think everyone deserves a nice little wrap-up for the end of the season, and I think that you can't uh, put into words enough how hard it is training a horse and the amount of time, effort, and money that goes into it. So just a massive congratulations to all the trainers that are starting in the bush every week and keeping bush racing going, and um, their owners that continue to buy horses to support us so that us jockeys out here have something to ride, because I probably wouldn't ride... Anywhere else in the world, I love the bush racing. Um, but, yeah, I just think everyone does a fantastic job. So I couldn't come up with the top five, but I do think the most talked about ones, um, and unfortunately we've lost sizzling but I think he's someone that's uh, a horse that's fresh in everyone's brains that everyone will be left wondering
1: how far he could have actually gone. Uh, Maxie, and look, one of the heroes through the whole pandemic has been racing, and, and not only a lot of the accolades go to Racing Queensland, but a lot of the clubs that have taken the plunge and made it happen as well.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think that was further uh, strengthened over the weekend with the the lockdown in South East Queensland, you know, the NRL, the AFL, everything got called off. The one thing that kept going still was racing. Yeah. Uh, there, was no, there was no question marks about it at all, so... Uh, certainly, um, something that, that's kept a lot of people going this last this particularly this last season, anyway. How about your top five? What, okay, what have got here? so
1: in number five, um, I'm going to put Anna Bacos. I think she's improved out of sight in the last 12 months. Um, she's just riding winners for fun at the moment. She's doing a lot of kilometres and uh, reaping the rewards. She finished the season riding 41 winners at a strike rate of just a tick under 24%, with uh, another 41 miners um really on the up number four Tanya Parry I think you know she's got a lot of numbers but like I said to her on air. I don't know how she keeps up with them yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the the effort to to win the premiership I know she's got the starters but uh, to get up every day and work all those horses it's just her and uh, a couple of helpers I think that's a great story one solid in my mind is SEL winning the Cloncurry Cup um everything panned out beautifully for it on that day and uh uh, obviously, a special day for myself as well to, to call that race, but a huge win. I thought Bellonte in the Longreach Cup last year was um, was fantastic. I just wish I remember the date of that day. We, You and I stood together there at Longreach and saw it win that 1,200 and looked at each other and go, what was that? I oh,
2: think it was the 1,300 and... Dave Walk was standing there as well, and just everyone commenting about the turn of foot that he had. Just it was and it was something. Incredible. It was
1: incredible. So fingers crossed. Um, we have you know hopefully he makes a full recovery and we see him again. And uh, aiding well to pick out a one in particular. Well, I'll again, be selfish here, and I think the McKinlay Cup stamped his authority um, across regions. Um, that was brilliant obviously beat a horse by the name of Van Winkle who came out and won a cup on the weekend as well. So I, I agree with what you said, Brooke. I mean, it, it's always sad to, to look back on um, what we could have had with that horse, but we also had some great highlights as well. Yeah, absolutely,
2: um, and you know, I've, I've, it's pr- probably pretty obvious. I've got number one as sizzlating there as well. But number five, I've actually got the whole the Todd Austin stable because, you know, it was well documented that uh, probably leading into the season, Todd had another health scare as well, and yep. then to, able to turn around and, um, you know produce some of these horses that he's had and and even towards this year he, he's scaled back a lot of the numbers and still able to keep a lot of them firing you know he had SEL and Media Vida fully maxed last year and into sizzling this year um you know he's, he's got horses that that just keep getting up for them and it's a, it's obviously a great effort to the entire Austin stable um number four for me was Angela Jones uh I arrived on the scene with a bang um and wouldn't be surprised if we, we might have even seen a lot of the last of her in the country racing now. Um, mm. Putting a real stamp on the scene in the provincial circuit in Toowoomba there um, with a three kilo claim still. Number three for me was, the, was um, You know That story of, of obviously he's, that winning record that he just kept going in the bush and then obviously uh, took it all the way down to the Battle of the Bush final to get to second and then on to the Rocky Cup where he arguably probably should have uh, finished a bit closer to, to winning. Number two was the, the Battle of the Bush final. I thought that was an absolutely cracking race and mm. probably one of the better ones that we've seen in terms of competitiveness uh, since, it, uh, since the inaugural running. Uh, and it was well represented in the finish across all the different regions as well. The top 10 was, was only four and a half lengths separating yep. them. And uh, I thought that was, that was huge. And to see the wind come right down to the wire like that between two grand horses uh, like Ravisalubris and Belontae. And number one, yeah, like I said, sizzling to take those nine wins through that entire winning record. And and like Brooke said, we can, we're can. we all probably going to sit there and think now just how far he probably could have gone. But I think he's probably going to be a horse that isn't going to fall too far from the memory as well. He's always going to be that benchmark people are going to probably keep referring to.
1: Before we go on to today's topic, Maxie, um, big shout-out to Tracy Leak and Raymond Williams, their boot shaker. He's back in work, and he's in the uh, Townsville Lightning on Friday. The twelve-year-old, and
2: he ran a good second uh, a yeah. couple of weeks ago at I think it was a Bundy, Bundy wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, um, fresh from winning the Picnic's Boot Shaker. Uh, boot
1: Shaker, <laughs> yeah, he won uh, the feature there and beaten controversially, I reckon on day one. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon, Willie just give him a run.
2: <laughs> uh, today's topic, though, I, con- I thought we'd continue on with uh, the the premierships talk and. And maybe even, you know, break it down to each region. And um, should there maybe be a greater effort from Racing Queensland, the country racing board, and the clubs in particular, of making the premiership a more sought-after honour? I mean, whether it be monetary, like we've done out here with the with the jockey premiership, or whether it be more prestige, more of a title, more of a celebration around it. I just, I think maybe, uh, you know, we talk about wanting to keep trainers and jockeys uh, and horses out here in the bush. Maybe this is a way that... You know, little things count all along the way. Interested yep. to hear everyone's
1: thoughts. I'll jump in. I agree with you 100%, Max. And we've seen, I think, a little bit of the reward out here in the West with the jockeys coming out and chasing down some of this uh, prize money. I also think the trainers out here should sort of look after look after the travelling jockeys as well, but that's a bit off topic. Um, I do think it should be a bit more of a, a jewel in the crown. And, and um, as you said, but I do remember a few years back, Brooke, Correct me if I'm wrong. There used to be presentation nights, etc. for for the Western regions.
0: Yeah, racing Queensland um, used to host an awards night, and there'd be your country, metro, provincial um, jockeys, trainers, all that sort of thing. Um, I think COVID may have put a stop to that. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I know there hasn't been one for a while, but I do like the idea um, how you guys, um, the greater Western region, sort of had talked to some clubs and got some people together and have made a little premiership competition thing for our region. Um, I think it's good because I do know when you say you've won a country premiership or they're judging just country racing, uh, depending on your area you can ride up to a few times a week um, when you're sort of based in the Darling Downs area um and get those right you know number of rides up a number of wins up whereas out here we're travelling a fair few kilometers and only riding once a week so it does make it hard to um look competitive on paper even though you're riding when is you're riding plenty of placings it doesn't um add up when you're only riding once a week it can make it a little bit hard unless you're with a solid stable um so I reckon it would be good to see it a little more divided and maybe um with yeah, like you said, whether it be monetary rise or or something like that, but I do think it would be a good idea to look into that's for sure,
1: Maxie, what are your thoughts
2: yeah, I think so as well. I mean, I know, like I mentioned and we've all mentioned it's it's, it's we're we're seeing the benefits of it out here in the central west of the jockey uh premiership, but you no know, i I don't think it needs to stop there, I mean I know a lot of people might have an idea of how many, you know, individual winners or they've rode in each region or trainers, um, you know, winners they've trained in each region. But, you know, to the public, you probably wouldn't even have a clue um, at what those records are like. You know, there's a readily information there available for the state, but there isn't for each individual Mm. region. And I think that that should be probably be a bit more competitiveness about that because you're, like Brooke said, you're, you're versing the same people that, um you know you'd be have the right measuring stick against mm. um you'd have to do the same um you know kilometers uh, racing in the same areas or the same frequency and that's probably a a better way to probably measure your success um and you know make it a little bit more friendly competition if uh you, you know you didn't need any more competition as it was
1: racing this weekend charleville thangool richmond Nanango, and brooke you'd be heading to mutterborough
0: yes i'm heading to mutterborough that's for sure.
1: Pretty exciting weekend coming up. Uh, thanks for your time this evening, Brooke. Thank you. Max Thanks, Andrew Watts, signing out of the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast. All the best over the weekend, and we'll catch you again next week.